Welcome to this week's Columbus Business First News and Brews, where we sample a brew and talk a little bit about news. I am Dan Eaton. I am Mark Summerson. Doug Buchanan. Nick Fortini. Eleanor Kennedy. This week, we will be sipping on the Calmer, a Kolsch ale with, uh, made with lemon and cucumber from Rheingeist out of Cincinnati. I thought we were all... Well, that is a yeah. beautiful looking beer. It smells good, too. Why does oh, it have it a does. K? It's got a little bit of a fruity aroma. Why is there a K on Calmer? Um, just throwing that out. I think because okay, it's so a Kolsch. We're going right off the bat. Uh, K-A-L-M-E-R. Kolsch. Kolsch. Okay. So this is a Kolsch, uh, and uh, I think that we should have Dan explain what a Kolsch is. <laughs> <laughs> Good idea, Doug. A, uh, a Kolsch is a uh, German-style beer from Germany. The, the, not this one. The Rheingeist. Since that really got Germany. Doug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I almost all over Mark there. It's a German-style beer from, <laughs> from France. Yeah. Uh, a German-style beer from Cincinnati. Yes. German beers all have, uh, there's, a, there's a big regionality in, in Germany, and, and Kolsch's are from the Cologne region. They are made with ale yeast, but sort of treated like, like a lager. So it's a uh, kind of hybrid-style created over there in Germany. So they use ale ingredients, but they, they condition it longer and at colder temperatures like it's a lager. Mm. So that's how you get a Kolsch. Okay. So a, a, a Kolsch that doesn't have the flavors of Calmer would taste pretty much like a lager? It's similar, yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, it's, it's, they're, they're light and crisp. It's a you know, pretty good summer uh, uh, summer spring drinking, which was part of my, uh, part of my motivation for picking this up. Yeah, because it's so warm today. <laughs> it's, it's not bad. No, it is, you explain know. what the ingredients they added, though. Oh, the lemon in the cucumber. I'm assuming is just to emphasize the uh, the the springy crispness of uh, of the beer. I never thought I'd say this, but I think I can taste the cucumber. I can taste the cucumber. Yes. So More I had this. I had this beer with lunch today. I thought it was very lemony at lunch, but now. Knowing that there's cucumber, I feel like now I recognize it more. It's yeah. like it was incepted into my brain. But it's not heavy on either the lemon or the cucumber. No. It's very light. I actually picked it up because I thought this might be gross. I was, cu- oh. I am interested. I was hoping it was so we could have this conversation about gross yeah. beers, but it's not bad. It's actually not. It's, it's not it's bad. It's kind of refreshing. The, uh, the brew abides, apparently. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Calmer than you are. Um, so, Dan, most beers, like fruity beers like this, are they actually adding the juices like this, or are they just trying to evoke that? Uh, it's, it's a little both. In, in most cases, I I think you do get the juices in there. You know, as we talked about before with IPAs, they'll talk about fruit flavors in there. It's not necessarily those fruits in there. It's 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 you know hops, hops or yeah. other ingredients that evoke it. But in this case, in a lot of non-IPAs, I think you actually are getting um, you know the juices or, or or sometimes the actual fruit in there. I think this said I think this was a juice addition. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's, it does yeah. seem that way. Yeah. At what point do they add the juices? This is toward the end. Uh, my guess would be towards the end, but I do not know that for sure. Okay, they just open the tank and just, just pour the pour juice it all in, in, and stir it up, yeah. and stick it. Okay. Just, so they just cutting cucumbers over the <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> 
So in this case, they do say additions of lemon and cool as cucumber juices, but accompanied by notes of honeydew and citrus. So I, again, I assume the honeydew and citrus are from the hops and not from Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing the way that that's written, I interpret that as, is the notes are like the honeydew and citrus are just flavors that are that are coming out of the beer that not honeydew and citrus were added. I got to tell you, I really do taste honeydew. Yes. Like this tastes yeah, like definitely. It sort of leaves a honeydew yeah. flavor yeah. on yeah. your yeah. The, it tastes the like aftertaste. So is this a seasonal from them, or do they do this all year round? I think it's a seasonal. I don't recall seeing it before, so I, I don't know if it, if it's a, a new addition that'll be year round, or if they're just rolling it out for spring. Makes sense that it would be uh, uh, for spring, which is part of what drew me to it. I like mm-hmm. it. It's, that is a tasty beer. I'm I'm disappointed because <laughs> I kind of wanted to. <laughs> Because <laughs> I feel like I tend to like everything. And this is, uh, this is one, of, one of the bigger craft brewers in, in oh, Ohio. Yeah. It is. It is the 28th largest craft brewer in the U.S. It's only six years old. And it's, wow. So it's the second biggest in Ohio. Third, depending on how you count, um, Sam Adams Boston Beer, who's technically based in uh, Boston, and they're, they have, but they have a couple breweries, one of which is in Cincinnati, which I believe is the biggest. I think the Cincinnati Sam Adams Brewery is the biggest non um Big beer brewery mm-hmm. in the, in the state. Does Ryan guys have any kind of Columbus facilities? Or they have office? a distribution facility here, actually, right right around the corner from us. Oh. So. but no tap room or anything. No, no tap room. Are they in over the Rhine? Yes. Area. Okay. Yep. Isn't it like a two story big oh, it's warehouse? A giant, it's a thing. giant old. Where it actually used to. I think it used to be a brewery. I can't remember. Okay. Which old Cincinnati brewery it was, but I think the building they're in. Was a brewery, was a brewery okay. and that's where Mikey's just opened up his new yeah, place, right? yeah. almost right across the street, yeah. basically, like right in that area. Did you hear that, Mikey? That was a plug for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've seen photos of it. It looks pretty spectacular. Yeah, um, it's it's, I'd like it's to go down a there sometime. a must visit if you go down to Cincinnati. Even if you're not going to breweries, that's the the one brewery you should go to because it's a pretty uh, stunning space. It's mm-hmm. huge. It has an awesome um, rooftop uh, patio. Oh, okay. I like their logo too. I always have since they came out. I don't know that much about the company, but I, I've always liked their logo. You know, again, to expand that quickly—that's mm-hmm. quite a risk. Exactly. It's an interesting business story that you know to have gone from zero to sixty in you know a very very short amount of time. Yeah, they make they, a lot of I mean, beers too. Yeah, they made a lot of beers. Like I said, they didn't. They started in 2013, and they're now the 28th largest craft brewer in the U.S. Yeah, that's crazy. How far and wide do they distribute? Just neighboring states. Four or five states. Yeah. There, there were four okay. or five yeah. states listed Ohio on Ohio and the neighboring states. They, at one point, were distributing in Massachusetts because they were doing ciders there. I'm not sure if they're still doing that. Oh, Cidergeist. Yeah, they yeah. they have those here. But yeah, they were yeah. Pushing at them one point, in. they were doing them in Massachusetts. I'm not sure yeah. if they still we currently, are. It says, we currently distribute in Ohio, Kentucky, Massachusetts, okay. Indiana, and Pittsburgh only in Pennsylvania, so uh, skipping over to Massachusetts, but mainly just here and around. You know, to have that amount of volume in, in just you know, basically four states is uh, is pretty remarkable. Uh, I was googling uh, Calmer Rheingeist, and I accidentally uh, spelled it Kammer Reinhardt, or or uh, my autocorrect. And I would highly recommend nobody Google this because. <laughs> It is some kind of old-style German doll company, and the photos are really, really creepy. 
Um, mm-hmm. Have you? Did you see that? I did. I did. What Mark, would you rather see that or clowns? Oh, the doll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my my mother-in-law's birthday is today. Uh, uh, the guest rooms in her home have various themes, and one of them is America themed because they love America. Uh, and then one of them, I would describe the theme as creepy doll themed. Oh, those are terrible. Oh, yeah. yeah. All I mean, gathered up on a bed. Five, but it's enough. Do their like, eyes follow you around? Well, the I don't spend a lot of time in that room. <laughs> we do not stay in that guest room, so uh, it's not. Uh, the that best. sounds like one of those places when you were a little kid and you visited your grandparents. You were just terrified <laughs> to go in that one room. I have uh, a, a like a stuffed uh, chimpanzee that uh, my husband thinks is like a terrifying doll situation, and that lives in our room and he's fine. So does it, does it play symbols? No, it just, no, it, it just watches you. <laughs> poltergeist. Yeah. Uh, that we reminds a, me of poltergeist. We have a doll that belonged to my wife when she was a little girl. It's called So Big. Because it's a big doll. And my youngest daughter is now 22, is still deathly afraid of this doll. And occasionally I'll have it crawling up the steps so when she wakes uh. up, <laughs> it'll be looking up at her or sometimes outside of her door. You should you should tape it to the window, (laughs) (laughs) looking in. We uh, a friend of mine moved out of his house a few years ago, and and, uh, we were helping him get the last few things out. And he had a creepy clown doll, like a smaller one, Uh, and we put it in the crawl space of the house. Oh no! Behind a door. (laughs) Oh no! (laughs) And then left. So, so we should mention the uh, 4.8% alcohol volume in the yeah, very Calmer, which is a nice light beer, good yeah. spring, summer beer, Oh yeah, if you're going to have a couple. This is this is one of those beers I never, ever would have picked this up. No, uh, I wouldn't but, know. Uh, but now I might because this is very refreshing. I am really starting to taste the honeydew and mm-hmm. the cucumber together, which yeah. is good. It's a weird vegetable fruit It's mix, a very but it's, uh, distinct aftertaste. That yeah, but clean. Hangs it's out clean, clean, yeah. I'm, so let's prosecute this idea. Why would you have not picked it up? Uh, because cucumber and beer just, I don't know, that doesn't sound like a good combination to me. Yeah. Uh, I know cucumber doesn't have a whole lot of flavor uh, to it, but, uh, um, you know, lemon would be all right. It just, um, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. It doesn't. It just doesn't sound like a good combination. Salad beer. <laughs> it, yes, right. I've had like cu- cucumbers actually really nice in mixed drinks. That's yes. very true. Yeah, yes. uh, but I've I've had a few cucumber beers before, and I've never been a fan of them. Okay, so they they're just weird. But uh, but this one uh, is a is a pleasant surprise. We yeah. haven't done a podcast since last week when there was a bunch of beer news. Brew dog, well, two tones. And taps. That's oh yeah, two yeah, tones. Yeah, couple, couple of things, and yeah. actual. That was all That's we right. haven't talked about any of that. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's all old beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, by the time this airs, a two tones. Yes. Sh- well, it should be open, right? Yes. It's, yeah. It's, I, so um, I don't know. They they're waiting on their federal license, but the space is almost done. So two tones, which is a brewery out in Whitehall, they've been around for a couple of years. Uh, you could be forgiven if you don't necessarily know who they are because they haven't had a tap room, mm-hmm. and it's a pretty small operation. So they they've self distributed out to a few bars. So you can find them on tap the last few years. Uh, now they're going to be able to raise their profile with a space of their own. Mm-hmm. So about a thousand. It's a, about a four thousand square foot building almost, but uh, but about a thousand square feet of that is going to be for for seating. And they will have about 12 of their own beers on tap. They okay. should be opening soon. 
Um, I visited the space this week, and like I said, it's near near completion and is just waiting in the backlog of federal approvals thanks to the shutdown earlier this year. Oh, that's right. The yeah. government is slowly getting around to untangling that oh, knot. That's right. And that's an example. So they've been very purposeful and very mm-hmm. conservative about yep. launching and then now opening the tap room. And that's probably indicative of the, the environment for craft brewers. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I, I think that, you know, they, they're, they're a couple of guys who um, won a home brewing contest at Barley's, which has actually been the launching point for a few few brewers and breweries mm. around town. And, and they've just taken a very conservative approach from the beginning. One of them actually still has his full-time job. So, and, and they've just gradually, you know, built it as they could rather than, you know, getting into a lot of debt or, or racing too fast after something. So this is a pretty big step for them, but, um, uh, I think they're pretty, uh, pretty excited about it. And, and it's, it's the model that everyone says works, which is the local neighborhood tap room, you know, if you yeah, can no distribution. Well, I mean, they'll distribute. They'll still distribute some kegs around town, but, but not into stores. Yeah, no, not into stores. They they were talking about they would like to add uh, maybe a small canning line to do some can releases. But again, they're not. Um, uh, they're very patient. I think they're they're willing to let the the market come to them rather than chase after something, so, which seems to be the prudent way these days. What kind of beer are they interested in brewing? Uh, they brew a pretty broad spectrum, but they do a lot of IPAs. So like like some other new folks, I, th- I think their strengths are with IPAs. I think a lot of their interest is I- IPAs, but uh, you know they have a good Irish red, and they do uh, they do some stouts, they do some other styles as well. I like the name of the one beer that they were considering. Yes, yeah, one of their new IPAs. They haven't officially named it uh, yet, but one of the names under consideration was, for it was about a month. Because uh, that's what they keep telling people when uh, people ask when they're going to open. They say about a month. Right. Well, the other thing is, uh, I, I know you say it's, it is a prudent, but we have reported that without a tap room, or you know, or the tap rooms themselves are critical uh, to most of these craft brewers. Right. I mean, it's it's hard to make it without. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, you get the the tap room. You retain all those sales. I mean, obviously, you know, minus labor, minus you know, other expenses, but mm-hmm. you're not going through a distributor. So you don't lose, you know, a cut of that. You get sure. into the full margin of the beer. Um, and people like that neighborhood experience. So it means a giant billboard to come hang out at your place. Yeah. And we've had several brewers on record saying, you know, they wouldn't, if it was, if, if they were just starting their business now, they probably wouldn't. Yep. Yeah. Oh, a number of them. Yeah. 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 A number of them have said that they, they, they probably wouldn't have pushed so hard into production and into, uh, you know, grocery stores as much as they have. Um, uh, several just sort of committed at this point. It's hard to, right. to mm-hmm. turn that around, but yeah, more than a few have said that, you know, they, they, if they did it over again, they'd probably just go smaller and, and keep it to a neighborhood with you know minimal distribution. I would think that when you are a, a brewer that's getting started and you look at the Rheingeists out there saying, yeah, our beer is as good as Rheingeist, why can't we distribute as far as they can? But the Rheingeist and, and breweries that size seem to have some sort of magic sauce that maybe some of the others just don't have, or a ton of money. A ton of well, money. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. There, there's a lot of, you know, very, very, Rheingeist very clearly had a lot of money, you know, behind them. To, to help push this growth. When I was in Nashville, there was a, a brewer there who I talked to. He was a former Wall Street guy. Um, and I, it's interesting. I saw some of your earlier coverage about tap rooms and to hear you guys talk about that because 
Uh, I did a story with him once about how it's all well and good to have the tap room. That's an important branding thing. But the real money for him is in the wholesaling distribution. Really? You know, um, but I, I guess that's a question of scale of how, how big can you get out there yeah. um, and what kind of deals can you make with the distributors. Right. And the competition. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. What year was that story out of curiosity? Uh, relatively <laughs> recently, two or three years okay. ago. There's so. a lot of them. Because a lot has changed in the last two or three years. Yeah. yeah. And a, a number of them who went big or tried to go big in distribution are now saying they wish they would have stayed smaller and been more neighborhood. And or they're for sale. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as they get the right number. Well, now yeah. I'm trying to remember because I think his point, he was saying that that's what he, where he saw the real money mm-hmm. was running into some issues on that front. So that may be some of the changes that you're talking about were starting to, to impact him at that point. There's just so much competition out there. Mm-hmm. And it, and it mm-hmm. came so fast, I think faster than, than people thought. And, and breweries that wanted to be a regional brewery, which which Rheingeist actually, to its credit, is the one that the one of this newer crop that has really made it as as kind of a true regional brewery. Other folks that have had that aspirations have had to realize that you know, well, maybe Ohio is our limits, or mm-hmm. maybe Columbus and Cincinnati is our limits, or Columbus and Cleveland is our limit. Dan, you also report on another bar uh, opening up in Grandview. Yes, uh, Barrel and Taps actually just opened today. Um, it was an old office space that's been converted into a bar, so it wasn't anything previously. It's a big, it's a little more of a bourbon cocktail-focused place, but they okay. have about 16, 16 taps, craft beers, had some uh, interesting stuff out of Michigan when I was there yesterday. Hmm. Uh, a couple breweries that you don't normally see here. Hmm. So. Okay. Is it more bourbon or craft, or both? Both. Barrels and taps. <laughs> no, I think that yeah, there. I think their emphasis is a, is a little more on on the cocktails and the bourbon. I think right. that, that's what they would like to be a little more known for. But uh, but there's certainly you know craft beers on tap there. Did it look like an office space to you when you were there? It did not. It was surprisingly is is is. I used to live in the area and I'd pass that building many times, and I was surprised at how big the space was inside. No I mean, it's not huge, but but I always thought, I, I couldn't believe someone was actually opening a bar in there when I first heard it. Ghost of TPS reports. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I want to go back and edit my earlier statement because yeah. I read my story, so you can just cut it all out. But what this guy <laughs> talked to me about. Oh, okay. No, it's super uh, interesting, relevant to, to Dan's world, I think, was that uh, given the increased competition in the craft beer world, whereas before distributors were interested in fostering relationships with craft beer breweries that would give them something interesting and different. Now you have to be the one courting the distributor and the balance of power has totally shifted. Mm-hmm. So if you're a craft brewer to whom distribution is important, you have lost all the power in that relationship. Mm-hmm. So anyhow. Makes sense. Yeah, it mm-hmm. does. It does. Uh, you may have talked about this last week. I missed last week. But uh, Tanisha Robinson in... Yes. I was trying to yeah. Look. yeah, yes. <laughs> Eleanor did set that up. I'm getting real fired up <laughs> now. <laughs> this Everybody was just like, wow, we won't talk about that. Uh, yes, uh, 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 Tanisha Robinson, the CEO of BrewDog USA, has been uh, uh, promoted into a new role with the company as a chief disruption officer, which uh, if you, you're a uh, Central Ohio person uh, familiar with Tanisha and her story, um, is an interesting fit. She's kind of a serial entrepreneur, has been involved in a, a couple of, of, of startups prior to her time with BrewDog. 
Um, and she'll be doing a similar role within BrewDog, working with uh, on uh, CBD beverages, working on their hotel brand, uh, and a few other project projects. Um, she was CEO there, CEO there for about eighteen months, mm-hmm. so and, and kind of led the <clears throat> um, the initial expansion. She was hired at a time when they weren't even when they weren't making beer yet, mm-hmm. so she's yeah. kind of seen this, overseen this <clears throat> initial phase for them. Uh, and the new CEO is is coming from the the mothership in Scotland. Uh, uh, her name is Allison Green, and she is was essentially their head of, of HR, uh, would be how I would say it. I forget her exact title because BrewDog lets people make up titles. <laughs> and so the, yeah. the the exact words, uh, the exact words Chief of the Punk. titles, yeah, yeah. Um, don't don't always equate to, to the jobs they're doing. <laughs> uh, so apologies, Dallison, if I can't because I, I can't remember her exact title off offhand. But she oversaw uh, some international sales for them and. Um, a lot of their, their their people efforts as well. But she's been with the company about three or four years, I think, and she will be coming to uh, Columbus slash Canal Winchester to take over the head of the U.S. operations. Is Columbus considered a, a uh, stop on the beer tourism map? Um, I, I, I don't know, broadly. You know, I, I mean, I think it will be. I think BrewDog is a big part of that. BrewDog certainly draws people from outside of of um, Central Ohio, um, but more so than, you know, any other brewery in town. And mm-hmm. having a hotel there helps. You're not a beer tourist, are you? I, I mean, I, I, I go... stop at, I was going to say. Yeah, I mean, I go to... Who are you talking to here? But he doesn't go... Do you go to a city because of its breweries? Uh, I've been to Grand Rapids for, for beer, specific purposes. <laughs> I took two weeks and drove through the northeastern part of the United States and into Canada, mostly to visit breweries. Okay. So I guess I've done a little You're bit You're a of, beer tourist. Yeah, got driven to Colorado. Um, I mean, there were other things that, that were done, but breweries were a big part of that. So so well, I guess I, I have done... What other things, beer. Dan? Uh-huh. <laughs> I went to the uh, I went to the Shining Hotel. Oh, oh that's interesting. Really? Was it spooky? No, no. It the Overlook or something. Yeah, the, the, well, the Stanley the, is the real hotel. The, the, the Overlook, Overlook is, is the name in the in the book. Oh, okay, gotcha. The one that inspired um, um, Stephen King, King was mm-hmm. the, the, Stanley the Stanley Hotel okay. out in Estes Park. Yeah. I want to rewind a second. I guess this is old news to the people of Columbus, but it's new to me. What is the Scotland to Columbus connection? How did BrewDog wind up here? Yeah. um, So uh, Columbus was one of three finalist cities for Stone Brewing out in San Diego. Stone was expanding uh, to the east. They wanted a, a brewery east of the Mississippi. One of Stone's founders is a Central Ohio native which I think helped put Columbus on the radar. Yeah. And uh, Columbus, it was actually the site that they were looking at is where Rogue ended up. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. So um, Columbus made a pretty good run at getting this stone facility, uh, stone brewery. Um, uh, stone ultimately passed and decided to build in Richmond instead. But Stone had a really close relationship with Brewdog. Mm. And it was literally a matter of the brood. They were discussing it one day, and the Brewdog guy said, Hey, we'd like to build in America at some point. And the Stone guys were like, Hey, we didn't pick Columbus, but liked Columbus, and they seem primed for something like this, and that's where the connection was made. <laughs> so, in addition to the economic development incentives and, and the pitch that was put to Stone, there was a like a save the crew kind of movement to get Stone to oh, come. Yeah, really? Stone, Stone to to, to see us. That that was actually led by um, 
a guy named uh, Tony Tanner, who's the butcher and grocer we've written about. Yep. So that came along uh, okay. later. He was he was in another like full time job at the time. But he okay, was kind of a he was crazy the leader of that Stone fan, and he kind of spearheaded that movement. And Stone made a uh, consolation beer for us. Which I think tasted like tears. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, and they, they picked Richmond, Virginia. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Richmond, Virginia. For the yeah. tourism potential, yeah. I think was ultimately what won them over. Well, no? I, I think they oh, got I, there was a there was a, a sweet pretty deal. nice incentive package. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I would hope. So, uh, I mean, I like Richmond plenty, but of yeah. the cities one might tour in Virginia, it's a little lower on the list. But so. I, I actually think it's 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 you know I think there was some disappointment you know with with the benefit of a few years, I think it's actually better getting BrewDog, um, because this, I think if you're in the U.S. and you could go visit Stone in San Diego or Columbus, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. probably going to go to San Diego. <laughs> no offense to Columbus. Right, Columbus. yes, of course. But um, whereas if you're, you're, you're interested in BrewDog, you're probably not going to go to Scotland to visit BrewDog, right? mm-hmm. which means you've you got to come to Columbus. Interesting, so. okay. For sure. All right. Well, speaking of people... Coming to Columbus or San Diego, we got a big write-up about Columbus in the New York Times this week, and Mark does not care for it. No. <laughs> so they, they didn't even mention beer in that story, did they? Nope. I um, think in the initial list of 52 places, our craft beer scene was mentioned, right. but, but in, the in the kind of touchdown write-up. Okay. You I felt it was it. a backhanded compliment? Uh, no, it was the tone of it was very nice. It was very complimentary. I don't think we need people coming here to tell the rest of the world how wonderful we are anymore. I think we're past that. It's like me going to New York and then writing something like, hey, this city's got a ton of stuff. You really should go there. <laughs> I, I think we're, we're beyond that. I okay. think so. Okay. We're a sure. big city now. Surprise. <laughs> we are Columbus, <laughs> comma, Ohio. <laughs> Did you know much about Columbus before you made the decision to move here? No. And what what were you expecting, and what what what's been the result? Um, as- I mean, I do think I think I disagree with Mark. I think the city needs to improve its branding. Um, I think that, and you, I think now coming from a city that had that does have a lot of music city. Uh, fatigue about write ups in the New York Times, there there will come a point where it will get irritating because uh, they still to this day write about Nashville as wow, there's stuff to do in Nashville, which <laughs> I don't understand how people don't know that yet. Um, but I think that I didn't know anything about Columbus. Um, I knew more people from Cincinnati and uh, in Nashville, at least. <laughs> I think because that maybe because of the geographic mm-hmm. proximity, yeah. just people talked about Cincinnati. That, more. that was Doug growing. <laughs> yes. I, I like Cincinnati. Yeah. So I think yeah, I expected a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't say Cowtown, but oh. quieter. No, don't. <laughs> I know. No, I really I did not expect Cowtown. Oh. I promise. I have a friend who had also recently moved here from Atlanta, and uh, she said, she was like, I got up here and was like, wow, it's not a cow town. So that is still a perception. I I literally just had a discussion about this last night with uh, a transplant from Atlanta who's been here for a couple years, uh, an executive at one of our local companies, and he was actually complaining that he has a rough time recruiting people from Atlanta, where he came from, because because they, there's a perception that cl- there's nothing in Columbus, huh. mm-hmm. and and there's not enough jobs. So if they came here with a job, they'd be stuck in that job. There wouldn't be other opportunities for them. Strange. Hmm. I, I do know. think after being here, it feels like the economy is more diverse than perhaps it absolutely somewhere like is. Nashville, oh, it is. Where, where that's it is. Uh, where it's a little bit easier to attract people because it does have 
stronger brand. So now we have this booming craft beer scene. Yes. As you can tell, Mark. Hey, to pull it back. <laughs> <around>. <laughs> That's some good reporting right there. Nice. <laughs> On that note, uh, thank you for joining us for this week's news and brews. Uh, uh, please tune in next week where we will drink more beer and uh, uh, talk about more news. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.